0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Anika Creates Podcast. My name is Alex Kratz and this week I want to talk about some of the best kept music to industry secrets that are actually completely out in the open and not secrets at all but nobody seems to really know about them. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Anika Creates Podcast with your weekly dose of music, technology, and creative inspiration. Now your host Alex Kratz. So I hear all the time from people who don't like editing and vocal tuning and all that kind of stuff in new music. They claim that the modern musician just isn't as good as they were before and all the greats were back in the day because they could actually play and nowadays those don't exist. And I just have to kind of laugh when I listen to this because most of the time they're people that don't even make music at all and yet they actually have no clue what's happening. They think this because they know that their friend makes beats and how easy it is for them to make themselves sound really good yet the friend doesn't actually actually play any instruments. So they just assume that everything is like that and making music doesn't actually require much talent anymore. But even if we were going to stop that argument there, learning the softwares, learning the techniques to make music like that isn't as easy as it sounds. And also the whole theory behind music and what notes to pick and the chords and all that kind of stuff. Yes, there are tools that make it a lot easier nowadays than it ever was before, but it still doesn't mean that it doesn't require talent. But this goes way further than that. If you look back at the old days when people claimed that that was the best time for music because it was real and it was raw and they recorded it to tape so there was no editing and there was no manipulation because that was, you couldn't do that. That's false. That's totally false. And there was definitely manipulation back then. But that's why records took so much longer to make. It was just such a pain to do anything. But it was still done. Since the beginning of recording, engineers and producers have always been trying to find new ways to do things and new ways to manipulate and make things easier. But also new tricks and new things that they can try to just get a new sound that's never been done before and push the limits of gear to make it do things that it wasn't actually meant to do. And then a new piece of gear comes out to actually do that and they have to try and once again push that to its limits and try and make it do something else because that's when you get the coolest sounds and that's when you get something different from everybody else and that goes right down to editing and right down to sample augmentation and vocal tuning and different things people have always been trying to make the best record possible and studio magic as people call it was always a thing it's always been on the forefront of recording since day one if you really go back and look at people who had, let's say, single track tape recorders, you would look at it and go, that was the day because they all they could do is sit there around that recorder and record the song and that's it. But most people don't really realize that they actually were still manipulating. They would take two of those tape recorders and put them side by side and record something onto one and then play it back and record it into the other one while adding their next part on top, their overdub on top, as they both went into the one microphone on the one track on the second one. And then they would go back and forth and back and forth. This caused other technical problems because obviously the sound would degrade every time you added something and you would lose your previous version and so it took a while and you had to, you know, mix yourself in and and be far enough or close enough to the actual little tape recorder to be able to accomplish what you wanted to. But the point is is that they were still manipulating sound and it was still not a hundred percent raw and a live off the floor take Even then, they were manipulating it. Now, on this same note, let's look at the Beatles. People love the Beatles. People claim that the Beatles were one of the best bands ever and the best songwriters, and they were just naturally gifted musicians, and they played their way through all of those clubs and all those years of playing show after show after show that they honed in their skills, and they could play their instruments like no other, and they were amazing, and that's why their records are so good. Now, their songwriting... Yes, bar none is amazing, but them and their producer engineer, George Martin, who's often referred to as the fifth Beatle, they were on the forefront of recording technology and they were on the cutting edge and the Beatles, they'd come to the studio with ideas and go, we need to make this sound happen or this thing happen. And George would have to sit there for days, sometimes weeks, and they would try and figure out how to make that happen. And they would take technology and push it to all of its limits to try and get whatever those guys wanted that's still manipulation they were editing things and they were moving things around and they were reversing things they were playing things live off the floor even back in the day when they were using 24 track tape machines they were still the ones putting two or three of them together to try and push the limits of that how can we tie them together so that they can make more tracks for us and all play at the same time and they were and they were the ones that were always pushing the limits and yet we still remember them as just that perfect band they did break some ground with a lot of people, and a lot of people realized that a studio band was fine, and that, that was okay. If they wanted to do a lot of studio trickery in their music, that was fine. They could do it as long as the songs were good, and people accepted that. That was kind of the beginning of people widely accepting studio manipulation. Now, it's gone a lot further since the days of Abbey Road or, or Sgt. Pepper's. The point is, is that manipulation has always been there. Modern technology has just made it easier. So for those of you who don't know, let me give a little bit of context of the difference between tape and Pro Tools. Tape was the way that they used to record things back in the day, and Pro Tools is a modern digital audio workstation, or DAW. And when I say Pro Tools, I also mean things like Logic, or Reaper, or Ableton, or GarageBand even, which comes on every Mac. So it's the same principle as Premiere or... Final Cut Pro or any video editing software, there's a timeline and there's clips of audio that's on that. you can move them around with a click, you can cut them up, you can move bits and pieces of them around and you can manipulate each one separately, put them all in time on the grid, which you can see in there and things like that. Now, on the other hand, back in the day, people would have to use tape before computers and Pro Tools and that kind of thing. Tape started as like a single track tape recorder and then moved and they got two tracks and then four tracks. And then it was eight tracks and bigger tape machines are 24 tracks and Pro Tools now has hundreds and hundreds of tracks. So you're good. But back in day you had to pick and choose on tape what you wanted to be there a huge difference in workflow that happened with tape to daws is that when you went to computer you could click anywhere on the timeline and start playing from there whereas on a tape machine you had to fast forward and rewind and the only real way to know where you were was to actually listen to where you were on the tape if you want a visual representation of this and, and kind of to make a little more sense of how it worked Check out the show notes at aniccreates.ca under the podcast section. Now, a thing that people often forget is that with tape, you could still edit it. You could still take sections and move them around. You couldn't actually see a visual representation, but you could hear it and you could know roughly where you were. The tape traveled through the machine at a certain speed, so you could gauge how far different things were from each other. And editing was still very much a thing on tape because people would use razor blades and cut the tape physically and then move it around and find the next spot and then cut that. And they could still manipulate even back then. And they could make it seamless because of the way that they would do it. And they'd find the right points to cut on. It wasn't just a hard cut in the middle of nowhere. All old records had this and we didn't, you can't hear it ever. So I want to look at a couple things now. I want to look at what modern technology really has added to our arsenal of tools for making music. And then on the flip side, I want to actually look at what technology and what techniques have been there since the beginning and since early on that people tend to think didn't exist but they actually really did and modern technology did nothing but make it easier and then i want to look at three big music industry secrets that are very out in the open but still most people really forget about them or don't realize to the extent at which they're used especially people who are not in the music making field don't even know they exist but yet really should know when they start going off about how modern technology is ruining music Modern technology really has helped us change the way we make music and really has opened up a lot of doors, but fundamentally we still make the music the same way. It's still notes and it's still songs and it still doesn't matter how amazing the recording is. If the songs aren't good, well, that's a whole different thing, but what modern technology really has opened up for us is just wider accessibility to being able to make music, to being able to put out music to being able to start a career with music and to be able to listen to music, not only with recording technology, but also with deliverable technology with CDs and vinyls and now streaming more and more people can access it. But at the same time with DAWs and computers getting cheaper and cheaper and more accessible to everybody else, more and more people can make music as well. And that's something that was not accessible back in the day, back in the day you needed a record label to pay for you to go into a big studio because the big studios had the tape machines and the consoles and the gear and the microphones. Nowadays, everybody has a laptop. Everybody has sample libraries of things that were Oddly enough, recorded in big studios most of the time. You can make an orchestra from your bedroom with a keyboard and use samples to augment everything with a couple clicks of a button. And everybody can do it wherever they are. I've even made music on a subway before of just, you know, an idea strikes and I can pull out my laptop and start putting down chords. And that's incredible. At the same time, with all of this new manipulation, there are more and more people who want to get into it, which means that it's not just the talented people that have a lot of talent and a lot of drive to do it. It's everybody thinks, oh yeah, I can do it too. Because things like autotune and Melodyne have made it so much easier for us to edit things that aren't even close to sounding good. And I'm not denying that that is the case. There is a lot of cases like that, that we can push things. The more it has to be pushed, the worse it does sound. So the better you are, the better the end result will be. And I think that's still something that is definitely... Out there. The difference is that the bar of entry is much lower than it used to be. So more and more people can get into it, which is amazing because more and more people have that freedom of expression through music than ever before. Now, I find with this technology and this accessibility to everybody, that's actually amazing because not only of the people without talent can get recorded and put a song out and we can tell because it was manipulated really badly. We also get access to the people who may not have been discovered in a different era are so talented and now we can find those people and we can find all of the talented people that are hidden away in different parts of the world back in the day you you did have to have talent a little bit to get the attention of somebody but it was so much business i'm not saying any of the big bands that were around didn't have talent i think they had immense talent and they really did put a lot of hard work in but at a certain point they could just slack off and do whatever they wanted because they had already made the deals the record labels were putting so much money into the bands that just made it because of politics that they were forgetting about people that were just off to the side that weren't very good at networking and weren't very good at finding their opportunities, but were incredible musicians. And nowadays we can find that because all those incredible musicians can record themselves And I think that's an amazing door that has been opened up by modern technology. We as the audience have the right to decide what we want to listen to and what we find interesting and what we want to put our time into. Now that freedom also comes along with a lot of people with a lot of opinions and hence why I'm even talking about this because there's so many people who badmouth recording techniques and the way people are making music just because there's such a wide variety now of different ways of making music and different genres and everybody can do it. That also means that everybody is a critic and thinks that they know exactly what they're talking about which is not the case at all but back in the day there were still people that didn't like bands and that would speak out about it but but the internet wasn't around like it is now and people weren't commenting all over the place bad-mouthing them so it was a little less obvious it's harder to remember those days unless you were actually there and then for all the music creators out there like we talked about the biggest thing that modern technology has changed is the fact that Well, it's way easier to make music. It's way easier to tune vocals. It's way easier to use drum samples. It's way easier to edit timing. And it's just way easier to make a song. Now we can make a song in a day if we wanted to. And a workflow of, I want to record a song. I'm in my bedroom. I'm going to send my song to somebody else on the internet somewhere else in a different country who can record a guitar for it and then send it back to me. That's a different type of workflow that was never possible back in the day. It was so much hassle and so much time and nearly impossible to ship tapes around the world to get people to play a little lick or do a background vocal on something. So collaborations were harder and just getting somebody else to do it over the internet wasn't a thing back then. And that's something that opened up such a networking world for us now in the modern day. And now on the flip side of that, the things that modern technology actually hasn't changed. It's made it easier, but these things still existed back in the day in a different form. Engineers and producers and bands were still pushing technology to its max. First, drum samples and drum editing was still very much a thing. If you listen to Metallica Black Album, They were replacing kick drums. They were adding extra layers of stuff to add punch to those records. That's why they sound so amazing. It was studio trickery, even back then. It wasn't as easy as click and drag, but it was possible. And they'd spend hours and hours and days adding kick drum samples in every single time. They'd have to load it into a different piece of gear and then trigger it with the kick drum and then shift it all back. And just nuts. But it was still very, very possible and still very much a thing that was happening. And people often forget that, that drum timing and editing was possible it took razor blades and an assistant days to cut and listen and cut and listen and move pieces of tape around and they made those things perfect this goes well into my next point vocal manipulation was a thing once again it wasn't a click and drag like it is now but it was still something that happened and another thing that would happen all the time is actually replacing singers there are many many records that are not actually the singer that's supposedly on the record they would have ghost singers not backgrounds singers ghost singers singers that they would find that would sound similar to the singer you thought but wasn't actually that person and nobody would know except the engineer producer and the singer themselves that's a different way of manipulating vocals but it's still a manipulation where we think that the singer was incredible and sounds perfect yet they couldn't actually sing so much so that they would just replace them Now vocal tuning was still a thing as well because you could put a vocal into a different piece of gear called a harmonizer and use that to pitch it up or down a little bit and then punch it back in. It took a massive amount of work and it was a huge hassle, but they would still do it. They could manipulate words at a time and not easy at all, but it was still done. And that's something that people forget. But it took people like the engineers with immense talent to figure out how to do it and to manage to do it and make it sound seamless. These are the things that are hidden behind the scenes that most people didn't know that they were still techniques that were happening back in the day. And that's kind of like the big music industry secrets that people don't know, but yet are still out there. It's known. It's just not talked about nearly as much. So that leads me to the next thing, which is the three biggest secrets in the music industry that are still very open and not really secrets, but most people don't know about them. And there's three main things which kind of encompass all the things we've talked about already, but that are still used very much in modern day and back in the day that people either just are naive and don't think about or just don't realize it actually happens. So first session musicians, which is similar to what I just said about the singers. There are musicians that don't actually play live on a stage. They play in studios and these guys are all over the place. They're some of the most talented musicians in the world and they just go from session to session to session from record to record to record. They are the guys playing on all of the modern country records, all the pop records. There's guys in every city like that. They just maybe don't want to be the forefront of attention or don't write songs themselves, but if you give them a song and you play them, here's the chords I need, and here's the vibe I'm going for, they can make that sound incredible. And that's something that I don't think people realize happens today, still just as much as before. It's not the bands that you think are playing the records are actually playing the records, it's session musicians. Second, ARC songwriters. People seem to have this notion that if you hear a song on the radio by Artist X, that Artist X wrote it but that's actually not the case at all. And we've talked about this before. I've heard very open stories about certain artists that they would go into a room and they would be part of a songwriter's camp and they'd have a whole bunch of really good songwriters all around. And they would go in and say, I want a song about puppies. I want a song about my truck. I want a song about the beach. And all of these different teams of songwriters would all sit down and go to work and put together songs about these topics that they wanted and try and make it the best that could possibly be and these are mastermind songwriters and then they would present the songs that they'd written at the end of the day to the artist and the artist would pick their favorite songs and that's what they would sing they're still great performers and they're very passionate about what they're singing about because it's a topic they chose but they didn't actually write the songs that you're hearing there's teams of songwriters that did that in modern music you know Taylor Swift is very high on defending that she actually writes part of her music which is incredible because it's so rare nowadays with music of her status of the, the highest part of the music industry those people don't generally write all of their own songs there's definitely co-writers involved because it's just so much pressure so when an artist is actually very open about the fact that they are very part of their songwriting that's a legit thing because a lot of songs are not written by the artists This is not a new thing either. This has been around forever. Now, certain bands, yes, the Beatles, they wrote their own songs. But there are tons of bands that didn't write their own songs or were part of writing their own songs. And there were people that are credited and get paid, and some don't get credited but get paid, to do this for them. And lastly, the third biggest secret is editing. And yes, you might think that's not a secret at all, but People seem to think that it never used to be a thing. And as we've talked about, it was definitely a technique that's been used for a long time. But even in modern music, there are records that come out that people listen to and go, this was unedited. This is raw. This is perfect. These guys just play it. And yet, as somebody who makes those kinds of records too they're very edited and very pieced together from different takes and it's not a solid take through and it's manipulated. There are bits that are fixed. They might not even play like a whole verse all the way through. They play pieces. They find the best possible pieces of every section and put it together into one full thing that we make sound like one take but it's not. And then there's editing behind the scenes with drum editing and guitar editing. And I know that people think on certain records, it's a lot worse than it is. And then on other records, they don't think it's there when it's actually even more severe. Now, modern technology has allowed us to take this to an extreme with guitar editing and vocal tuning and easy drum editing to make anybody be able to play drums pretty quickly too. But on a lot of rock records, I don't think people realize that every note is edited. Every single guitar strum is edited and added to the grid. And every single drum hit is put on the grid. People think it sounds flawless, which is what editors do. And I've edited plenty of records. And we make it sound natural. We make it sound like nothing's happened so you wouldn't know. We make it groove. We make it feel good. Yet it's perfectly in time. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes and you might think, you know, that it's natural and raw when in fact it's actually completely manipulated and it's probably not even the real artist playing or singing it. But don't claim to know those things if you don't actually know. I just don't think that people really realize how music is made and to what degree music takes to actually make. Nowadays, there's such an easy way to make it in such a simple way. We can make it on our phones sometimes, but big records are still made with pushing the technology to its limits. This is why people spend years learning how to make music and years perfecting it. And still never really find an end point because it's always learning and always evolving and there's new technology that can be pushed in different ways. This is something you'll continue to hear with this podcast as I shed light on different things that actually happen behind the scenes, which is partially what I want to bring to you guys is the knowledge of what actually goes on. But just know that what you think you're hearing isn't necessarily what's actually going on behind the scenes and modern technology hasn't completely screwed it up. It was like that before. It's just given the the people with less talent, more of a platform. So people tend to look at the worst possible thing and not think about the millions of records that are made that don't sound like crap and don't sound over edited when they in fact are. I think you need to give credit where credit is due and stop bashing the whole craft of creating music because there's a few number of records that are slapped together and really show the downsides to technology and i think that's just overall what people tend to forget that's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what your thoughts are. Is this something you knew happened but didn't really think about? Or hit me up on Twitter at Anik Creates or on my Anik Creates Facebook page. And be sure to check out my website, anikcreates.ca, for the show notes and staying up to date with everything I keep putting out for you guys. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts to be able to get the latest episodes as they come out. I will see you in the next one. Until then, always be creating. Thank you for listening to the Anika Creates podcast. Be sure to check out anikacreates.ca for show notes and all the latest updates. Until next time, always be creating.